bringing you all of the local motocross racing from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. The Imperative MX Podcast. Here's another episode. And we're back and ready to rip here on the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number seven. And man, we are glad to be back for yet another week and another episode. And we are bringing you all of the local motocross action from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. Thank you so much for joining joining us yet another week and another episode here on the Imperative MX Podcast. I am your host, Zach Newberry, and we would like to thank each and every person that have been enjoying these first couple of episodes already and the great positive feedback from these has uh, truly just been humbling so uh, if you not checked out any of the past episodes do yourself a favor and check them out after this one Uh, pretty much now available everywhere apple spotify amazon music youtube pandora listen notes and uh, many more so make sure to check out the other episodes if you have not Uh, It is truly awesome just to see the support from the local community in the sport of motocross. I want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in uh, this week here on the Imperative MX podcast. And uh, we have a lot to talk about uh, on tonight's episode. So uh, there's a lot of talking points uh, to get into all the way from local racing to professionals and uh Man, we have Minio's Amateur National Conversation Part 2 talking about the Motocross Championship. Last episode, we talked about the Supercross uh, Championships down in uh, Newberry, Florida. So we'll cover the Motocross uh, portion of it. And uh, we have a first-time call-in from Kyle Travis, who is uh, Dax Bennett's practice bike mechanic for a really long time up until uh, this point. So it'll be really good to uh, chat about uh, this successful trip all the way up to uh, pretty much where Dax is now. So it'll be really good to hear from Kyle Travis in this episode. Uh, Then we will switch uh, the gears to some professional arena cross talk where we get to talk to the underdog, Kyle Bitterman. He will be calling in and telling us about his kicker arena cross season so far with two rounds down, uh, his bounce back podium ride uh, this weekend and so much more from Kyle Bitterman coming up later as well. We have local racing talk with upcoming racing schedules, answering your social media questions, and so much more on this episode, and you do not want to miss out. Um, I'm actually personally just super stoked for this one, so I can't wait to get into it. But before we do, uh, make sure to check us out on Imperative MX if you have not Uh, done so on Instagram, Facebook, our popular TikTok channel that I think is just a couple of hundred away from 25,000 followers. And it's honestly unbelievable uh, the pace that we are growing on every single social media. So thank you guys so very much for all of the support. And before we get any further into this pod, we have to say thank you to all of the sponsors that are on board here uh, for the Imperative MX podcast, West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Silver Valley MX Park, Hydropower, and Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. Uh, We will get more into each of these awesome companies here in a little bit. And make sure that you support the ones that support the sport, Uh, just like these companies that are willing to help out uh, with this local podcast uh, to bring you these episodes weekly. So make sure you guys go and check out each one of those 
uh, companies. Uh, helping me break down all of the talking points for tonight's podcast. The highly likable, hilarious, knowledgeable, your District 29 2011 C-Class champion and now a proud father, Heavy D. What's going on? Uh, you know it, living the dream and another day in paradise, brother. Absolutely. Another day in paradise talking about motocross is uh, is an awesome day, uh, Heavy D. Uh, how's the week been going? Oh, dude, it's been going solid, you know, lo- living and loving life. Absolutely. Chilling with the little one and the old lady and, uh, you know, just staying in tune with the moto industry. Absolutely. There was a lot of racing that went on this weekend from Minio's uh, to Arena Cross and uh, even some uh, professional stuff uh, with uh, Ken Roxon perhaps going to uh, HEP Suzuki. Seems like that is the uh, that's the new wave that's uh, that's going on. So there's a lot to get into. And uh, Heavy D, the first talking point is we have to get into Minio's Part 2. Uh, the motocross championship edition and uh man there was a lot of competition out there a lot of entry um you know there was a lot of entries in each one of these classes so many uh last chance qualifiers that they had to go through or concies that they had to go through but uh man i i tell you what the track seemed to hold up a lot better this year than i think previous years i don't know if that's just me but i feel like the track i feel like they did a lot better with the uh, track for this year's minios down in Newberry, Florida, Heavy D. Oh yeah, they um they changed. I want to I want to say it was different last year, and they changed it again. They're starting to change up the track a bit more than usual, you know, which is which is pretty interesting. Yeah, because the couple of years that I actually went, um, they didn't change the track very much. It was it. I think it was pretty much the same all the way throughout. Um, and then once I didn't go to Minio's anymore is when they actually started changing it, believe it or not. Um, but it seems like the um, faces the, of the jumps were a lot better. I know in previous years they had uh, some problems with that, but right now it seems like they've uh, they've got it down pat with that, and the track was absolutely phenomenal. So um, And it held well all the way throughout each day's. Um, I know probably the fog and the dew in the morning probably helped out with just a little bit more uh, moisture into the ground, but overall, heavy D, I think it was a, I think it was a pretty solid uh, week of racing. Oh, absolutely! You know, it looked like a lot of intense battles and good racing, like you say. I mean, which which is good for the sport, you know. So, I mean, all around, it definitely seemed like it was a good weekend, uh, a good week rather. Hey, I know the owner of it he definitely had a good week you see how many people was there it was an unreal amount of people oh it was a it was a complete mob scene there man it was they had so many uh people there and like we talked about on episode number six last week that you know they had to make more parking because there were so many people that are coming in nowadays so it's good to see that the that the uh, motocross community is uh is growing Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's crazy, you know. Like I forgot, I was talking to somebody the other day, and uh, I was saying, you know, it it makes to me it makes no sense how it's like everything is getting more expensive and more people are going racing. Which I mean, it's still good. I think we may have talked about that, but it's crazy. More people are going racing. 
but more stuff is expensive and you think it'd be the complete opposite so it's crazy how does the industry get better as stuff gets more expensive when before when years ago when it fell off and people like stop racing so i don't know it, it, it's crazy if you, if you think about it yeah absolutely and there and like you were talking about there was a lot of competition that was uh that was there obviously with the entry levels um and there was a lot of eye openers um that i think got put onto the map and maybe even the radar moving into uh 2023 um i have a handful heavy d that kind of opened up my eyes um you know, I, w I watch Loretta's, right? I see where some of these kids finish and all of that. And then I watch Minio's, and it seems like some of these kids um, do a lot better at Minio's. Or maybe um, maybe it's the non-pressure of this is, you know, Loretta Lens, right? And it seems like they come out and fire and do really, really well when maybe they had a poor performance or maybe not up to their standard uh, performance at Loretta's, and they end up doing really, really well at uh at Minio's, um, I have a couple in mind. Uh, Heavy D, was there any riders from any classes? Uh, you can name a couple if you have a couple, or if you just have one. But um, any eye openers from for you? Oh, absolutely. Um, of course. Um, one, I mean, I, I don't. I ain't gonna say it was an eye opener because I mean the kids got an insane amount of talent and. Of course, Asher Hall, I'm going to say him. Yeah. Because, dude, he went down there. He, You know he raced the new Cobra e-bike? And yes. I don't think he rode it until then. Unbelievable. And, dude, even in the regular 50 classes, like, the kid, he was killing it. Like, seconds, podiums, like, top fives. Like, man, me personally, I understand, like, for Cobra or – KTM or some of them, it me it may not benefit Cobra for for them to give them a full fledged ride. I mean, it should because I mean, it sh that looks good on their part, honestly, in my opinion. Like you take a kid that doesn't ride at all, it goes to school, and he hops on a bike that's never been ridden that they pulled from anyone riding at Loretta's, and they show it up at Minio's, and he goes out there and he gets second, and. Matter of fact, I think he even won some heat races on it. Yeah. So I, I think he won some heat races and he was actually leading um most of the ones that he got second in. So um good T V time for him and what a hell of a performance, especially if you're if if that is true, which I, I guarantee it is, that he just oh. hopped on it and it just worked out. Or not worked out, but he just showed that he could, you know, do it, you know? Oh, absolutely and Man, I, I know his 50 is – I think he has a year or two left on 50s. But, I mean, me personally, like, if you can go and get, like, Ryder D when he's four years old and build a foundation, it seems like they do it with the kids that are farther out of state, far, farther, like, out rather than the, the, you know, the kids around here, you know, on the East Coast. Right. But if I was, like – I mean, me personally – Seeing that, I if I was KTM or somebody, I would literally go go to them and say, "All right, we want you on this, and we're gonna start building the foundation with you," like they did with so many of the, these other kids from back in the day. Because I mean, to me, it would be a smart idea because he's fast on a sixty-five too. 
and right. he don't even have to race it right yeah because he's not like technically in full of age to be in the age group which i mean he still does but he's like the younger of the kids and he still does more than good on the 65 yeah it's crazy the amount of talent that just gets swiped over right like oh it's crazy 100 percent, and double d of course he went down there in b class and top 10 yep you know fresh out of c class, which i thought Man, me personally, I thought that was awesome because he still could have raced C class at Minios, mm-hmm. and he could have. I'm pretty. He could have racked up on titles, but I think it's smart and it, it shows the character on their part. Like, right. all right, like it's time to move on. Like we did this because he's. I think he's already got his mindset on Loretta's next year. Like he he said, like I'm going down here in Minios. I'm going to go ahead and go to B and get my feelings hurt, and then I'm going to show up next year and, like, put in work. Yeah, but and, like we were talking about on the last the last episode, that sometimes it's good to go ahead and get that jump start even if, you know, you get smoked. It's good oh, to get, go ahead and get that head start, and especially for Double D, it's really good actually for him to go ahead and get this start at a big level, right, like with b- deep competition in the B class, like we all know that is there, right? So – um, you know, it's really good for him to go ahead and have that that fresh start uh, to a new class, and um, you know, for him to get a top ten, that just shows that um, that he could do it in that class. And I think just you know, by the middle of next summer, I think he's going to be uh, damn near close to front. Oh, absolutely, and I, I agree with that hundred percent. Like he's definitely going to be there, so he's definitely one. Um, another one, I'm not going to lie to you, like I've seen him. And I've always thought he's fast, and I'm not discrediting him by any means. But I personally, like, Kyle told me he was like, keep a lookout for him. And that's Noah Stevens, which he's fast. But I feel it was, it's like, B class is always stacked, dude. Right. You, you know that it is always stacked. Mm-hmm. But for him to go get two titles and podium all on a stock 250F, that's damn eye-opening, excuse my French. Yeah, no, so that, I, that that was super impressive, and I'm super uh, stoked for, for Noah. Um, that just put him even more uh, on the map. Uh, with good starts, man, he's a hell of a good starter. Oh, that's the ticket. Absolutely. That, that, that's the ticket right there. He's a good starter. I mean, and he, he, I mean, he goes and gets it, which when I watched him at Verb Classic, dude, he was, he was ripping. I was like, well, well damn, like. Where did he come from? Which he was fat. He's always been fast. Like he's always been up front. But it's just like I I'd never really seen that of much aggression out of him. You get what I'm saying? Right. Right. No. Like it, that. it seemed like he 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 was trying to prove a point, and you could see it. Exactly. He, you know, he was he was aggressive, and like you know, I, I like that man. I love like uh, see a kid attack a track, but be flawless doing it. Right. So that that right there. If he don't get a ride, somebody needs to be throat punched. Well, especially to... for a soft-spoken kid that he is, that you would, you know, like he—he's so soft-spoken, and then when he goes out there, you just see all of his emotion, right? Like I think that that's what I love about the sport because you can tell from a rider when he's like, "I gotta go," like I've got, you know, like I'm going to win. Like the confidence level, you can see it in their riding and all of that. And Noah Stevens definitely had it uh, coming away with. Um, a title in the Supercross, and then also, um, I think he got two in outdoors. Regardless of the fact, it was it was phenomenal. Oh, 
100%. And especially at the at the local, um, you know, as local as these as these guys are that we're talking about, right? Like, you know, Jed Jai was out there in the 30 plus and uh Ryan Smith was out there in the uh <laughs> in the 30 plus. Uh so, you know, there was a lot of local guys that were out there and uh and that was what is uh is really cool uh to see. So, um we're actually going to go ahead and uh get ready to get Kyle Travis uh on the uh on the line here to get ready to uh to talk to and before we actually um do that we are going to talk about West Virginia Motorsports and uh, if you are looking for your next ride look no further than my friends over at West Virginia Motorsports if you are around the surrounding area and looking for a pre-owned motorcycle dirt bike ATV anything engine related make sure to go to uh, Princeton West Virginia or their other location to get something uh, that you need parts bikes anything that you need make sure to go and check out the guys over at west virginia motorsports and uh we're glad to have them on board and uh don't forget those oil filters and air filters uh heavy d and don't catch them on fire uh don't fire don't catch them on fire like heavy d does so uh that's that's pretty good uh heavy d a couple episodes ago you telling us about that but uh kyle travis is on the line uh dax bennick uh practice bike mechanic for many many years kyle uh, kyle how you doing buddy i'm doing great how are you guys doing good man we uh we appreciate you calling in uh to the imperative mx podcast and uh man it's going to be good to uh to hear from you and uh and all the knowledge that that you have and uh especially for the listeners that may not know you but uh how many air filters uh, do you think that you've changed in your in your mechanicing lifetime? Oh wow, wow, that's even <laughs> thousands <laughs> in the thousands for sure. Thousands, yeah. <laughs> it's it it's definitely a lot, and especially for uh, for those guys that that you deal with, right? With uh, uh, you know, going through every day, and especially all the dirt and dust and all of that. So uh, appreciate the guys over at West Virginia Motorsports. But uh, how's how's everything going for you, Kyle? I know that you do some engine work, and you also do some um, uh, some training for some uh, kids and all of that. So how's everything going? Everything's been going great. Uh, business been steady. Uh, working with some local guys. Local um, like I said, uh, had a really good minios. Uh, you know, with Noah Stevens, Asher Hall. Uh, both uh, multiple podiums each. Uh, Daxton, obviously, he crushed it as long as Hayden did too. Um, and then we also had uh, Bo Reed uh, had a top ten in the C class, his first uh, national ever. So uh, uh, definitely uh, had had a had a good run at it this year. That's awesome, uh, man. You you definitely help out a lot of people. And before you actually called in, we were speaking on uh, Noah Stevens, Heavy D. Oh yeah. Um, matter of fact, because I mean, I even mentioned before that Noah was working with Kyle, but like I was saying about Noah, I honestly, like I was, like I was telling Zach, he's, he's always been fast. There's no doubt about that. But like watching him at the Verb Classic and him going to Minios, like leading up to that, watching him, I never, up until like now, it was like, he had so much more aggression in him and you could tell like like Zach said it was like he went out there and he had something to prove you know what I'm saying yes sir <laughs> yes sir and uh, it's a funny thing uh, you know we had a good talk there 
And, uh, you know, basically, you know, I, you know, you got to perform for me to be able to sell. And, uh, and with that being said, he performed. Uh, and, and, and thing about it is, is he's got guys in front of him, guys behind him with rides. And here he is standing alone, riding a stock 250F in the, in the stock class, in the mod class, and putting it on the box in both. And yet, you know, still doesn't have a ride. And, and that's something to be said uh, about our industry um, and how tough rides are to come by these days. Absolutely. And that's what myself and Heavy D talk about a majority of the time here on uh, on the Imperative MX podcast is how much or how much talent is in and around this North Carolina area that it just swipes over um, industry people's heads, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah. Um, and it, and it takes the, the, the full package in the industry's eyes. Um, you know, they're not just, I mean, this is just for everybody out there. Um, they're not just looking at the rider, you know, in the performance. The, um, they're looking at, you know, how, you know, you're, you act, how you carry yourself, how your parents act, how they carry themselves. Uh, you know, is the bike in, you know, is it clean going to the line? Um, that's the kind of stuff they're kind of looking at, you know, uh, should it be in a sense? I mean, I, I believe that, you know, if the rider performs, the rider performs, you know, but that's just the way the industry is looking at it. And, uh, and like I said, I mean, not knowing them, they carry themselves 100% all the way. And that's why it's kind of like, you know, mind blowing to me that, that he doesn't have a ride at the moment, but, but to those out there that are trying to earn rides, just understand that, uh, you know, it takes the full package these days. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know these these kids that are looking for you know these these rides it seems like what me and heavy d talk about is is you know here on the east coast we really only have two big amateur nationals right you have loretta's that you actually have to qualify for and then you have minios but other than that there's really no other way unless you travel a long distance um you know even for the moto Co- combine right these kids actually have to get an invitation uh, to yep. to go to these and nobody can just you know randomly show up on the line so um, it it is a very hard industry to uh, get into and Noah is definitely one of those kids that I believe that he deserves a shot because he has proved it um, within the last year I mean Loretta's just alone was a phenomenal ride for him and then to come out to Minio's and even to top that and come out with a couple of championships um, is even more uh, phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And with that being said, um, there's also a, a race that's developing, uh, Lake Sugar Tree. I think they, what did they call it, Heavy D? The, um, Moto Vroom Vroom. Vroom Vroom. Uh, talked with Greg Geisler. Uh, his vision for that race is basically, um, you know, a, basically stop in and race it before Loretta's type thing. Right. But then also the guys that didn't qualify for Loretta's, it's like a national for the guys that did not make it. So then, there's opportunity, you know, for, for you to be, you know, hit a featured event and catch a number one plate possibly uh, that's not so far away. Yeah, and that's actually where I went um, for Imperative to do some media. Um, you know, you had Josh Grant there, you had Zach Osborne, you had Chad Reed, of course, and then you had Liam Olaf all the way from California that showed up. Chase, uh, yeah. uh, Chase Lawton came from Georgia. Um, you had all of these kids that came from different places to make sure that they ride before Loretta's. And um, like we say many a times here, it's good to get those gate drops even when 
maybe the, not even you know the toppest competition was there because to be honest, Moto Vroom Vroom was kind of slim as far as the competition and gate goes, right? But it was the first event, and I understand that. And talking with Harold Martin, who's the uh, owner of uh, Moto Playground, he said that that's what he expected, right? To go ahead and yeah. you know and and it will grow over time. And that's what I told him that it's honestly phenomenal to go ahead and have one of these races uh, the week. Uh, end right before uh, Loretta's and especially for those kids that are traveling all the way across the country that may not get to ride uh, or race very much uh, so it actually is really good and it's good that you came up with that because I did not know that so that's actually really good and uh, good for all of the riders and parents that are listening uh, here on the podcast yes sir yes sir well like I said and that's another thing too that we, we have lack of around here and that's like rough racetracks so you know, as many, and what I mean rough, I, you know, like for instance, Minios, that's a very rough racetrack. And you go to regionals, that's going to be a rough racetrack. And so basically we need to try to bring as many tracks to that caliper to our riders as much as we can locally uh, to have them prepared to, to be able to be successful at the next level. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you, you know, you, you've worked a long time with Dax ever since uh, he was a he was a youngin before he was even really on the on the map, and you've known Dax for a long time. What what is it with Dax, and what do you like uh, working with him uh, so much that you continue to do it? Uh, Dax is like family. Uh, he's such a good kid. Um, you know, he's one of the most talented kids I've ever witnessed on a dirt bike, and um, you know, I just think he's got what it takes to make it in this industry uh him and hayden both to be honest with you um you know and, and they're both unique you know a lot of people shy away from competition you know whenever um it's the two top guys in the class you know both of them could fall in the first turn and both of them win by 20 seconds you know and then then they line up and practice with each other two months before the national every year right. and that's something to be about friendship and character and um and that's something that, that they've taught me as well. Like, I wasn't too sure about it at first, but, you know, after I got to know the families and, and, uh, and, and, and I'm like, I'm down with it, you know, and, uh, and now it's come full circle for, for both families and, and both riders are on the top of the map, uh, at Star Yamaha. They're crushing it. And, uh, and I, I expect big things out of both kids, um, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that was actually one of one of the questions that I had. What was, uh, you know, since Dax and Hayden have known each other for a very long time and have actually been uh, mutual friends uh, even outside of the racetrack with each other uh, for multiple years, being on the same, um, you know, Orange Brigade team and all of that and having to race each other every single time, you know, damn near that they have to get on, out onto the track. Um what is the what is the vibe around the track? Do they you know they're probably laughing and having a good time around the track and at the at the truck and especially uh, now that they're you know at the same uh, facility uh, down at the goat farm. Oh yeah, definitely. They have a great time together. They both strive off of beating one another. I've got stories, you know, uh, you know, one day the other one's beating the other, the other one the, the next one's beating the other, and uh, Dax was telling me a story i guess i guess he got the upper end of, of hayden i mean hayden you know got the upper end of him you know three or four days in a row and then and then uh Dax, i think got the upper end of him and jenny carmichael's out there like hayden are you, are you gonna are you gonna let Dax get the better of you today son <laughs> <laughs> and he just <laughs> after it you know right um 
you know, but they, they thrive off each other really, you know, um, they really do. They're both tremendous kids. I, I'll tell you a story, uh, to let, you know, maybe enlighten people. Uh, I stepped in the rig after the racing was done. Um, and, uh, Daxon, uh, I, I guess he had told a guy that, um, that he had promised a Jersey to. And, um, anyway, I, I stepped in there. I'm like, Hey, you know, we got a buddy out here. You promised a Jersey. He's like, I realized I don't have no jerseys to give away. And then Hayden's over there in his locker. He goes, yeah, we really don't. He goes, I want to give stuff to everybody, but he's like, we don't have stuff to give away. So that just tells you the personality of both young men that they want to give the world to everybody. <laughs> they just don't have enough to give away at the moment. Right. And I think, I, you know, for me, especially growing up uh, in the sport and going to these pro motocross races and supercross races, you know, you always wanted to get a jersey or have a, you know, some plastic or, you know, something like that. But it seems like over the years, it seems like uh, seems like kids are uh, maybe pushing it a little bit too far and not showing maybe enough respect for the guys when they don't uh, actually have uh, the stuff to give away because you know maybe they only have a couple of sets to even last them until the you know the next week or whatever the case may be for sponsorships and and stuff like that. Um, do you feel like it has um, changed over time in the industry with? Um, as far as training partners go, because I feel like back in the day, obviously, um, a lot of these guys kind of worked almost alone, but now it feels like a lot of these facilities are, uh, you know, and, and teams are almost working as a training facility now um, to put all of these guys together to ride every single day. Do you feel like that is kind of like the change in pace and what we're going to see in the next uh, couple of years and actually really moving forward? Well, I mean, yes, until you become the top dog, you know, until you're a Tomac, you know, a Roxon, you know, them guys seem to want to separate themselves, and I get it, um, because they're the rabbit, and they're just elevating everybody else around them. But again, if you're a good teammate, then you'd want to bring everybody up. But it's a business, so I understand why they would not want to. But as far as everybody else, until you're that top dog in the 450 class, you have something to gain from anybody that's around you as far as your team. So I definitely am a firm believer in unique sparring partners is what I call them. Right. Uh, you need to line up, have gate drops and, and battle with that intensity. You need to bring that intensity, um, you know, a couple times a week, if not, you know, three or four times a week. A lot of times you'll see guys, they go out and they'll practice, you know, two, three weeks, you know, even at the local level, you know, they'll practice and, and then they'll get to that big race and they, and they pump up within a few laps. Well, that's just, you know, intensity. You know, it's not that they're not in shape. It's just that they're riding at a higher intensity that they're not used to. So that's where the, um, them farm partners really help bring that intensity up to, to help prepare for the for the big race. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and no matter how, you know, these top guys, they get arm pumped too. You know, they're, they're human oh. also, you know. So if they're going up in a pressure situation or, you know, they have – too much intensity off, you know, off the start. They get tight and they can't move forward. You know, we've heard Tomac say that. We've heard a lot of the top guys say that. So, um, you know, don't get yourself down if something, you know, like that happens, especially for, you know, the listeners and riders that are uh, that are out there. Uh, but very good point, Kyle. Uh, Heavy D, did you have anything to chime in? Yeah. Uh, I just seen this today. I was floating around Twitter. And I, I, I said something back about it, but now that it like it hit me, I was wanting to ask you what you thought about it. So 
your man, your man Steve Mathis had something to say about Deegan's uh, sweet performance, sweeping performance at many of and uh, I couldn't go back, I couldn't find the um, message again. I've still been looking at it, but uh, he was like, uh, "Yeah, go, go pro, top ten outdoors, come back and uh, win amateur national." And I think it's like a Supercross, Supercross championship, something along the lines of that. What What do you think of, of something like that, especially him saying it? I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. I guess he's making fun of him coming back down to amateurs. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like he's somewhere. Yeah, pretty much. I, I read some comments and he, it was a matter of fact, you know that burnout video you sent me? Yeah. He said something about that. And he was like, yeah, it's like just, kind of act like you've been there before. Ain't no need for all that. Like, <laughs> I, The way I look at it is we're just having a good time, you know? Uh, I mean... Let, let us have a good time, you know? <laughs> I mean, Hayden, Hayden has an outstanding performance at Minio's. Uh, Daxon is right there, uh, ready at any moment, matching lap times, turning some faster lap times. Uh, Daxon... Um, has only been on bike for six days outdoor, mind you. Uh, he's been with Star for five weeks. They had been over on Supercross the entire time, got to ride uh, Moto six days. Um, and and then, like I said, then it's time to go to war at Minio's. And, and, uh, and Dax and I thought stepped up, did a pretty good job. Uh, we we wish for a better performance, but, um, but it's going to come for sure. And, uh, and, and to tell you, uh, you know, talking about arm pump, uh, you know, both riders were dealing with that arm pump. Um, and this to tell you the kind of team Star Yamaha is, uh, Bobby Reagan was ready to load up and go test, wanted to get the bikes right. He, you know, like, where are we going to go? They didn't know where to go, but he's like, well, figure it out. <laughs> We're going to go somewhere where get these bikes right. We're going to get them right today. Yep. And, uh, it, anyway, so I mean, that, that's, that's what to say about, about that team. They're, they're going to get the job done. They're going to get it uh, done now. Um, but like I said, you know, at the end of the day, I think you start coming out of there with every title in the pro class mm-hmm. and, and let Hayden do a burnout. We had, we just have a good time. Dax was there. We was all enjoying the celebration. It was a good time. Yeah. So here, here's the exact quote. I found it. We're going to race pro, get a top 10, drop down to amateurs. And yes, do a burnout when we win. Shake my head. Well, like I told heavy D, I said, it, it's, part of the process right now there's there's nothing for him to do at the moment and he can't he can't race supercross until he gets his until he gets his points so there's nothing that he can do so i mean why not go and and show up but i think where steve is coming from is he hates when when riders blow up their bike after a championship so i think that that's probably where it it's coming from because it's showing his emotion right i think if there wasn't a bike burnout then i think that nothing would have been uh probably said uh, because he doesn't like because there's been events in the past that somebody have done a burnout and like a rock come up and hit somebody in the face or a, a piece of the tire or rubber or something like that, right? So, I think that's kind of where where he's coming from. Um, but that doesn't matter. I mean, he's you know he's going out there and he's he's testing. You know, he's getting gate drops like what me and Heavy D talk about. It's good to get these gate drops to test your motorcycle and to see really where you're at. Oh, I, I agree. I mean. Honestly, like, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from on that, and I mean, I don't. 
if that's his take, that's his take. But I mean, like, even if I would have been Dak and I won a Supercross championship, I'd have done it just for that one. But Deacon, he won every one of them in outdoors. I mean, I'd have done it too. Oh, that four, I mean, that four fifty rod where he he was damn near last oh. and came all the way up. I mean, that was a impressive performance. Absolutely, absolutely. As a matter of fact, after that, I just I went up to him and I just let him know how amazing of a ride he just had because it was spectacular. Um, Dax, as a matter of fact, to back that one up, um, both riders they drew thirty-eight and forty gate pick, and um, and so they were on the very outside. So both of them came from terrible positions, you know, and they moved their way forward. And uh, I think Daxon wound up got to fourth, and then like I said, Hayden got to the lead. But, but the performance Hayden put on was spectacular. It really, really was. Yeah, and he oh. looked good doing it. I mean, it looked like he, you know, was was the part. And Dax too. I mean, Dax didn't. At least from what I saw, it seemed like Dax couldn't get his starts right in the uh, in the Supercross, and he had to work his way up for a majority of it. Other than that one title uh, that he won, which was. Uh, was it 250 Pro Sport or was it 250A? I think it was 250A. Okay, yeah, and and I think that was his best start that he had in the Supercross. But outdoors, he had better starts, which uh, helped him out a lot more. But like you said, they worked through the pack. They look like they're, uh, you know, the part uh, here in you know professional motocross, and they're on their way. And it's awesome to see. Dax, a North Carolina kid, and now Hayden, a North Carolina kid. It's really, really cool to see. And Absher Hall, we were talking about him. I mean, uh, Heavy D stated that 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 was probably his first time on that Cobra electric bike, and he, you know, was able to come out with a second in uh, in each of his classes. He, so, yeah, he was so upset. Um, not not to not Cobra at all, but uh, you know that bike. I think is pretty new. Um, but you know, he was just sitting there shaking his head, and he, he was like, "You know what? He goes, I got I got outrun by a bike right here. I didn't get outrun by a rider. And I guess the bike, uh, the KTM just pulls a little bit better climbing them hills right now. Right. Uh, they won't figure that out. But uh, but uh, but but like I said, Absher, yeah, first time riding that bike, and 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 he rode as hard as he could. But uh, yeah, I think if he would have had a little bit more juice in that thing, he probably could pull out a championship." Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, well, uh, Kyle, it's uh, it's honestly been uh, been awesome to talk to you. Uh, do have one social media question from uh, Tyler McSwain, which uh, I have raced a long, long time, um, and uh, and it's cool. Uh, he wanted to ask you uh, if you would like to be a professional mechanic for a rider one day or uh is that is that a dream for you or what's uh what's your outlook on being a professional mechanic it's just not for me uh whenever you can say professional mechanic um are you talking about for a professional rider yeah he's for a specific rider on a on a you know a top team like let's say you know star yamaha with like ferrandis or somebody right um, if the money was right, possibly. Um, but I've been offered several jobs, uh, turn them all down. Uh, matter of fact, I have opportunity East Coast Supercross right now. Um, I just, uh, just don't know. I uh, don't, don't see it. If the money's right, I'd be all about it. But right now, my focus is building my business and working with uh, the guys that I'm working with at the moment. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, how can people get in contact uh 
to you your social media um for uh for any engine work and i know that you uh you coach kids as well correct yes sir yes okay, sir. okay. so how can uh how can people get in contact with you what's the best way uh best way just reach out to me on my instagram uh travis racing performance um uh, that'd be the best way to get in touch with me okay sounds good kyle well we appreciate uh kyle travis uh dax bennick longtime uh mechanic ever since uh amateurs and helps out with uh with a lot of the local scene kids and uh make sure you guys if you guys need anything make sure to hit up kyle travis and uh heavy d did you have any other last questions for uh kyle here heavy d said okay go ahead Oh my bad, my bad. Sorry. No, you're good. Sorry. I was just, I was just wondering if you had another question for Kyle before he, uh, before he ends the call here. I was just gonna say, hey, if y'all need any bikes, get up Kyle because uh, he always has some killer deals on some, and he builds some uh, badass ones as well. Awesome, Kyle. We appreciate it, buddy. Thank you very much. We'll be in contact. Yes, sir. thanks for having me. Yeah, man, no problem. Have a good night. You too. All right, bye bye. That was Kyle Travis here on the uh, Imperative MX podcast. It was honestly awesome to uh, to hear from uh, from a, a, you know a mechanic in the industry that's that's been there just like you, Heavy D, and it's cool to see his outlook and uh, and his uh, perspective on some of the topics that we uh, that we talk about here. Oh, a hundred percent. He's been Kyle's been around for a while. I mean, he's been with a lot of the top dudes. I mean, hey, he's been around at Lawrence. Longer than I have, actually. Right. I mean, and like he he's real knowledgeable on everything, and that's why like when we we talk a pretty good bit during the week, you know, we always stay in touch, and he, he's always got the good outtakes on stuff. So, man, he's just all around awesome dude for sure. That's awesome, and uh, man, it's it's really cool to hear that Dax and Hayden and everybody down at the goat farm get along and they're you know they're they're making it fun but also you know they're being competitive at the same time and that's the question that i had you know towards kyle for that reason uh i felt was was good because i think there's so there's so much animosity there's so much pressure there's so much this there's so much that within the within the sport right that I think these guys do need to get together. And and speaking of Eli Tomac, right? Like when he changed teams, he's happier. He's riding with other people. When he did, he there was no way in hell he was doing that beforehand. And you know now he's able to go and chill there for for a week at at the goat farm and ride with these guys. And Hayden and Dax get to watch and get to see this stuff. It's 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 honestly really really cool. And I'm I'm stoked for honestly both uh both of them and. Uh, and Dax, I mean, local North Carolina kid. I mean, you can't not love him, right? Oh, absolutely. And you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure on like that whole deal, but I think it's crazy. Like in our industry, they don't release a lot of information, like contracts, and they don't want people to know who they're talking to. Which, I mean, I feel like if they did, it would like it would pull in a lot more outsiders and spectators to the sport. But like. I'm pretty sure he had he had an offer to go with them several years ago when he first went to Big Bikes, and he didn't do it, which is understandable. You know, um, that team is where it is for a reason. Bobby Reagan likes winners, and if you're going to go there, you, you better be ready to win. Right. So I, I think the timing was good now, but, man, it's like you you think about it. Like, he, uh, he, he won that championship there, 
which is highly impressive because from what I hear, he didn't ride that bike a lot. And me personally, riding a KTM and then going to a Yamaha is like a big jump. It's a huge jump. It's it's they're night to me. They're night and day bikes. So for him to actually go to Minio's, win a championship, and still keep it on the podium and run up front with Hayden, that that says a lot because you know Hayden's been on that bike for several years now. He's he's been on it grinding. They've been working with him, so he's him and that bike are are one. So I mean, like I say, that's it, it's highly impressive. It so just I it shows so the talent. Years. It just it oh, shows the talent. Absolutely. And it's and it's that that's what Im- impresses me is that he goes and signs with this team and then automatically starts Supercross. Like not even much motocross, right? You just go ahead and just start Supercross. Mm-hmm. That's insane. And that that's a lot of confidence that you got to have in a motorcycle, you know? Oh you got to have all the confidence in the world to do that. Absolutely, but hey, if you're going to be if you're going to be on uh Bobby Reagan start racing Yamaha team, I think your confidence level goes up a little bit in the uh in the bike. So I think you're going to be okay. Oh. <laughs> Who wouldn't have confidence in that bike? Yeah, no, it uh it's honestly awesome and we have Kyle Bitterman uh coming up next, the underdog. But before we do that, FXR High performance snow rider uh, gear to uh, motocross gear. FXR has you covered. The continuing growth of FXR means more selection for you. Jackets, jerseys, pants, gloves, and snow rider gear. Uh, whatever it is, FXR has you covered. So make sure to go and check out FXRRacing.com. And speaking of FXR and uh, professional athletes that wear the uh, wear the uh, wear the great gear nowadays, uh, especially in sizing and venting, uh, in my opinion, we have Kyle Bitterman, professional arena cross on the line. Kyle, how you doing? Hey guys, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Hey, Heavy D, you hear him? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, fantastic. Oh. What's up, Heavy D? Uh, what's going on, brother? Yeah, uh, hanging in there. Yeah. The- <laughs> The underdog, uh, Kyle. Actually, before before we get started, uh, FXR. How long you've been with uh, FXR, Kyle? I've been with FXR for I'm going on two years now. Two years. What's one of the uh, What's one of the best things uh, about the gear that you enjoy the most? Man, honestly, it's got to be the fit. The fit of that gear it is unbelievable. Like the gloves, the pants. It's like just snug enough. It's stretchy enough. It's it's just amazing when you're riding it. Absolutely. And for being like a newer company, I mean, they've been around for a little bit now, but they've really been recently making a good push, and dude, the, the gear is unbelievable. Absolutely. And uh, the gear that you have been wearing in the uh, professional arena cross season uh, or series so far uh, has been uh, looking good. And, uh, hey, is, uh, is Randy Richardson still giving you shit about the infamous title of the fastest man in Piedmont? <laughs> oh, yeah, he... He likes to go back and forth with me. Which is, it's a funny thing because he's, he's I think he's only like a couple miles from me because I'm in Pelzer and he's in Piedmont. I'm literally the next town over. Right. And that, that's, that's good. Yeah, that's so funny. Randy, Randy Richardson from uh, Michelin uh, Bicycle Tires and Motorcycle Tires uh, giving uh, the underdog a little bit of uh, sm- uh, smack talk, huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's... He's, a, he's a character, though, for sure. If you ever follow him on instagram or something it's a it's something to see oh absolutely he's a he's a funny guy and uh 
with arena cross uh to get back on topic it just started up and uh we're now two rounds deep into this championship and uh that that first round man was a hard hit uh no pun intended uh but glad to see you you rebound back and uh get onto the box for this uh second round this past weekend in uh albany new york uh what's it been like for you so far with these uh first two yeah um i guess we can kind of back up just a little bit before coming in from last year um we ended up second in the series and then coming this year, like I, I kind of had didn't plan on doing arena cross this year. I was like, you know what? Because I did a few supercrosses last year, and I was just getting some momentum, kind of getting my supercross feet back. And I was like, you know, I kind of want to make another push for supercross because arena cross has kind of been slacking in the pro payout and the overall points fund. Just the whole, it was kind of losing its. I don't know what you want to call it, but you know the limelight wasn't there like it used to be in the Amazon days. days. Right. So, but Robbie and Jack, we got some new owners in that series and they kind of came to me and kind of let me know their ideas and what they were willing to push for, for the riders and really everything they were tailoring the series for was for the riders. So guys like me can make a, a, I wouldn't say a decent living, but make some money racing a dirt bike. Right. And, you know, they kind of kind of persuaded me a little bit, and I was like, you know what? If it if it does take off, I might want to be there the first year to to ride it out with them. Right. So that that was cool. Fast forward, we were okay. So this year, Arena Cross it started in November, right? Right. Usually, series starts up first of January. Well, this year we had two rounds in in November. We had Albany, Georgia, and Albany, New York. And that that first one, I was kind of coming in unprepared. Our 250 race bike wasn't done yet. And I was like, well, I have my 450 and I've been riding it. So let's give this a go. You know, let's just try to do the best we can do the first couple rounds. And I qualified decent. We had some big whoops like the old Amazon days. And right. I pretty decent. But then coming into the race, the first heat race, um, I kind of connected with somebody off the face of a jump and I kind of wanted to go around them. And when I did that, we kind of connected and it gave me like a whiskey throttle and it just shot me left. And if you guys seen the video, you kind of see me <laughs> flunked there. Oh, you ate that shit. Ate that shit like a snap. <laughs> 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 I was in the, as soon as I took off the jump, I was in the air. I was like, uh, this is not good. Oh. I'm going to feel this. Yeah, and there's not much room, right? And there's nothing there's nothing that you can do and that's always, you know, probably the the biggest fear, right, of uh of racing these races is that you don't have much uh time to uh mess up, especially on right. those tracks. Yeah, and to luckily I kind of got lucky it was the first lap and there wasn't no other riders coming back around in that area. <laughs> I think I was kind of I was I guess I was trying to aim for the the tough block but I kind of went over them. Yeah. Oh, no, dude, no, you, you sent it. If, if yeah. you watch the video, you see the adjustment in the air. Oh, oh yeah. Know, I was like, oh, I need to get there. Like, I'm like, I'm watching. I'm just like, okay. And I'm never one to, yeah, I'm never one to bail out either. So I was like, all right, I'm riding this thing out. This is going to hurt. But I've watched it over and over. And if you see, like, I pretty much just let everything go when I hit. Like, if I would have tensed up my arms or legs, you know, I could have broke an ankle or broke a wrist. 
pretty much I just let my hands blow off, took it to the chest. But the big part was I just took her straight to the groin. Mm. And that, yeah, you guys know the feeling. It wasn't, <laughs> <It's not laughs> it good. wasn't too good. Yeah. It's just the thought process of him just like, all right, this shit's going to hurt. Let me yeah. adjust. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the first thing was is that when I saw it, because at first, like, the camera that was on, that was actually uh, recording the race, right? Like, uh, you see you see it happen, and then they continue with the rest of the race. But as soon right. as I saw it, I was like, I was like, this is not going to be good. And there's no way that in the first round, this is what happens. I, I honestly right. couldn't believe it. And I was sitting there, man, and I was talking to my girlfriend. I was like, I was like, I cannot believe that this happened. And I, and I really hope that he gets back up and, and you were able to line up for that, uh, Concy. Um, yeah, so that, that was good. And you are all the way on the outside. And, and I mean, we talk about that we, we love to see the aggression and you know the confidence that you riders have and you can tell off that start you were like i'm getting to that first that you know that first turn first because i'm not dealing with any of you know any of the chaos that's that's going to happen exactly. behind me exactly yeah um, no it, it was it, it was not definitely not ideal for the round 1 but you know i i, I was sitting there walking back through the pits or I guess like penguin walking back to the pits and I was like, man, I really have to muster up and get out there for the semi. Cause I can't, cause the way they're doing it this year is they're taking two out of there's four heats, taking two riders out of each heat. And then we have two semis and then two LCQs. But now they're taking, uh, one out of each semi and then one out of each LCQ. So, I mean, if you have a bad, you know, a mistake or get taken out in the first turn of LCQ or the semi, you might not make the main, even though if you're fast enough, you, there's a chance you might not get in there. Yeah. So I was like, man, we, we, we definitely got to get in there to salvage some points here. Absolutely. Cause you don't want to go, uh, you know, you don't want to leave the first round with a DNF and no points. Exactly. Exactly. But thankfully I was able to walk out of there and regroup and didn't put the best results in, but I just like, you know, we just got to do what we can do. And it, it, it's salvaging yeah. what you can on a on a bad night, and that's what you know champion champions do. So absolutely. And uh, that was that was honestly good to see you get back on the bike. I, I mean, I was clapping here in my home theater room that I have in the house, you know, and I, oh, you know we. Were, you. I, I was just excited to see you back because I didn't want you to go out like that because I would have been like, man, that's a that's a really bad way to go out, especially in the first round because I knew I knew what happened because as you know. Uh, I used to race arena cross as well. And um, I, I just knew that because you could see that you were really close with that guy. And I said, I, I knew exactly what happened. He, he bumped him and he got whiskey throttle and uh, right. man, I, yeah. just, I, I couldn't believe it. But um, man, you have been around the sport for, for a long time. And one of the questions I have to ask you is the Evoy conversation for your, for your, for your middle name. I think you're probably yeah. the, the only guy that I have ever seen on a results sheet that every single time your middle name is there. Yeah. I think, for well, for a while there, it was because my middle name is actually William. Oh. Kyle William Bitterman. So, Evoy is my mom's maiden name. Gosh. My mom and dad never got married, but uh, it took me for a while to get that dropped off. And then when I finally got it off, like legally off my name, the AMA thing, it always stuck in the AMA system. 
So every time I went racing, it was like Kyle, William, E-Boy, Bitterman. I'm like, oh my god, what are we doing here? And I go up there and I tell the ladies, I'm like, can we drop it? They're like, there's nothing we can do. It's in the system. I'm like, geez, guys, like, come on. <laughs> you know, honestly, it's just one of the, it's just one of those local things that honestly, I think I don't think anybody else. I, I don't think it really matters to anybody right. else, right? Because everybody knows who you are, especially around the exactly. local scene. But it, it's just always so funny that it, you know, all the way from. Kyle, me and you have been racing for many of many years. Yeah. And, oh yeah, way back. Oh man, I mean, probably eighties, and I don't think sixties. I think eighties, probably. Uh, no, because I I moved to South Carolina right around two thousand seven, and I was on eighty five. Okay. So probably around that, that okay. time. There you go. Uh, where'd you move from? I'm originally from Western New York. Oh, okay. Okay. Did you? Yep. Uh, when did you actually get start started actually riding? What What age were you? Uh, I started riding uh, dirt bikes and racing pretty much right around five years old. Okay. Um, I I came from like a a car racing family background. My dad raced bush cars. My uncle was that's in a wheelchair. He was racing dirt cars, and my grandpa raced asphalt cars. And I was supposed to be the next one in line to, you know, do the go kart thing into the sprint cars, and then you know into what could be NASCAR, but. I guess I had other plans as a young kid. Um, I came home and somebody in the class had a dirt bike and I wasn't old enough to race go-karts. And I was like, dad, this kid's racing a dirt bike. I want to race a dirt bike. So we'd go by the Yamaha shop about every other week going to the car auctions. And I was like, we got to stop. We got to stop. And uh, I get in there and sit on that PW50 and I fell in love there. That's awesome. Yeah, no, and and especially it's cool. It's cool to hear because you know we've raced each other and talked talked a lot. But yeah, we never. I never uh, knew that you knew your background, and 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 that's cool because I started at seven, but I never went the fifty cc route. Um, I went straight to sixties. So um, it was a it was a little bit different from me. Um, local racing. I, I know that you do a lot of local racing, and especially you know you have a family and uh, you have a job outside of work. It, it's probably really, really hard to balance uh, everything and to be a professional athlete all at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's definitely tough and uh, not easy by any means, but man, when you have a love for the sport, you just there's times where I'm like, man, why, why am I still doing this? Because I'm not making a, a living, like a crazy good living doing it. I spend a lot of my money. I'm, I do all my own workouts, mostly all my own mechanical work on my bike. I buy my bike. It's, it's a lot, but it's just like that love of racing and competing. And that's kind of why I drift towards like the indoor stuff because there's obviously a better payout. Your bike's not getting destroyed you're kind of you know a recent arena you have more of that that professional side of it so i kind of gravitate towards that that indoor stuff and i love outdoor racing but man even like the local top gun showdown races when i'm there i mean you're going out for two practices you're coming off you're pressure washing bikes trying to get the mud out of the radiator then they're calling you up for first moto and then you get off that moto and you got like three races till the next one i was like home holy moly like this is a job it's almost like a local national <laughs> yeah oh then man. you get out there and you do pretty good and you make like 150 200 bucks and you're like huh yeah that, that don't seem right why did i just just do all this 
for for that little little amount of money. But it's all for the right. love of the sport, and that's what we all that's it. That's what we all do it for, and that's why we we keep going. Um, and it's honestly, it's honestly really cool to see that uh, Arena Cross is trying to come back in some way, shape, or form. I think it's going to take a really long time for them to figure out how to get back to the Amsoil Arena Cross uh, days. Right. But you know, I love Arena Cross. That's where my to- a lot of my top accolades came from, and that's how I got my professional license and all that good stuff. And just traveling to those different arenas, getting out, you know, getting out of the state, and uh, for you with the fan inter- interaction, and if you're, you know, the first heat race uh, of the night, and right after all of the, you know, the fireworks or the uh, pyroglyphics and uh, the rider introductions and all that, I can un- I completely understand why some of these guys uh including yourself want to do these arena cross series and and want them to um you know try to get you guys to have a decent living so that you guys can can do this and still chase your dreams and um you know race your dirt bike at the same time absolutely you know that and we're thankful for those guys doing that and it's bringing like you're saying that glory back to arena cross i mean even even right down to the opening ceremonies like this year we come out to, to, we get to pick our song, you know, the spotlight's on us. We get to ride around, rev off the bikes, the fans. And, you know, growing up as a kid, that, that you dream of that in right. Supercross, of course. But, you know, I'm probably past that point where I'll ever make it in Supercross like that. But it's still cool to be able to live, live out that part of that little bit of a dream that you had as a kid for the fans to interact with those guys and to see kids cheering. Because most most of the time, this is their first event that they ever gone to. You know, they they don't know that you're not Eli Tomac or, or Ken Roxon. They just know that you're racing a dirt bike for a living and putting on a show, and they're just pumped to be there and just waving their checker flag, screaming, yelling. It's it's awesome. Yeah, and it honestly gives me chills. You you talking about it because it reminds me of going back to Arena Cross, and I love that stuff. And uh. I need you to get me in contact with somebody there because I've tried to email and I've tried to text some people to try to get a media credential. So uh, maybe yeah. you can throw in a good word for me so I can make it out Absolutely. to uh, to one of these because I want to try and fly out to uh, one of these and uh, and see the racing action because I haven't been to an arena cross in, uh, in a couple of years. I think the last one I went to was the one they had in Greensboro a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. but man, I want to, I, d- I definitely want to come back out and I want to see the, uh, I want to see what they're doing because, um, you know, there there may be some some things and you know some outsiders uh, that may have you know some tips or some pointers. You know, especially for uh, you know us. You know, from KP to yourself to Carlos to you know these guys that are still racing it. They come from you know the Arena Cross series, and I feel like you know if they can get your guys's input um, on you know how things you know should should go and maybe not the same right because you don't want to do the you know a, a, an old record all over again right but you want to bring exactly. that same intensity back and same uh, professionalism back and um, you know business ventures and all that like it was cool to be able to go to the MGM Grand for the amateur uh, you know national arena cross championship that was one of my favorite events right. that we did like three or yeah. four years in a row and man I got to meet so many cool people and um, you know, Wes Kane, it's cool to see him back. It's good to see Grant Langston and uh, Buddy Antonez in the booth. I mean, they're doing everything that they can, and I think it's going to take, uh, you know, a year or two. But I but I really hope uh, for your sake, the rider's sake, and, and the industry's uh, sake and uh, everything that it, it continues this uptrend because I think it's something that uh, is needed for sure. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, it's just num- another 
form of turf like racing that we can watch, you know, no matter what it is, supercross, marina cross, enduro cross, motocross, pretty much anything comes on the TV, I'm watching it. If it's two wheels, I'm, I'm usually hooked in watching it, even like the world supercross stuff. You'll see me checking lap times, watching the riders. I just, I'm just addicted to it, man. Yeah. So any more form of racing, any more jobs we can give people in the industry, I'm all for it. Absolutely, and that's what me and Heavy D were talking about uh, with the World Supercross and um, with this Super Motocross where, uh, you know, a lot of teams in the past didn't want to add more more races, right? But now they're adding two more races and other series are coming in. But realistically, as far as a fan goes to the sport, we should all be very happy because there is more racing. Guys are getting paid more. There's more series that are opening up, more sponsors that are coming in. And, uh, man, it's... It, it, seems like we're on the uh, on a very good upward trend um and it's good to see yeah absolutely and i think sometimes it it almost kind of bums, bums me out a little bit when you hear guys when i talk about me they're like oh that's, that's the arena cross guy he, he's a arena cross guy i'm like well i'm not just an arena cross guy it's just kind of what i've gravitated towards to kind of make a living i would love to to do supercross but to do supercross in the right way with the right you know, equipment and the right training program, it just takes a crazy amount of money. And I, I'm not going to do it half-assed, and I and I know what you need to have. And uh, so I just kind of gravitate towards arena cross stuff. And at the end of the day, too, I can do pretty good at it, and you feel like you accomplished something versus going to Supercross. You get in the main event, you're running in the back. Nobody even knows you're there. Right. The camera never touches you. Nobody interviewing you nobody cares that you're there right and you may get in the way and cause a lot of people to hate you on the social media right yeah <laughs> you know something the out of your control attack, that yeah. can happen you know and yeah you know you accidentally get in the way uh in some way shape or form uh heavy d uh sorry been keeping you kind of quiet over there do you have anything uh that you wanted to say here oh no you good oh man hey y'all it's all been said i mean well, another point too, like like Kyle said, he's not just a Red Cross guy. I mean, he's a local legend as well. Like, I mean, I mean, we put a bounty out on my guy several years ago at Cassie's Creek, and like, oh, dude, <laughs> everybody, everybody, like, came out the woodworks just to like say, all right, we 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 beat Kyle, but he, like, let me tell you how much of a savage my guy is. So when, when he was in sign up line and I walk up to him and we're sitting there chatting and he was like, uh, so how much is the bounty? And I think it was like three or 400 bucks. It, it, it wasn't nothing too crazy, but it was already like a pro pro purse payout. So whoever beat him, of course got the purse and the extra like three, 400 bucks. And he was like, so if I don't win, do I, if they don't win, do I get it? If I win, I was like, yeah. He was like, okay, that may be a bit more motivation. Yeah. And my guy goes out there and just cleans up both motos. I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> all right, okay, I, I like it. I like it. <laughs> and I, was, I was almost a little nervous. I'm like, man, I I never seen this many pros here at Catching Creek before. Oh, dude, it was it was a full gate, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was pretty pretty close to being packed up. I was like, wow, I got my work cut out. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you have a little bit of pressure? Yeah, I think there was a couple guys that, well, I think, honestly, I, I end up pulling both starts and kind of checking out. But there was some guys that kind of kept me honest. And, and you know, being a tight, I think it was a night race as well, I believe. 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, and when it gets to little dark that Kathy's Creek it has some shadows in the ruts and you kind of got nowhere to go and I think I had a a little advantage you know racing there several several times right um and you know what we always say too uh here on the on the imperative mx podcast talking to uh Kyle Bitterman here from AMA Arena Cross is that these local gate drops and these local tracks like Kathy's Creek and uh, East Bend for myself, right? Like these night tracks, um, even, you know, Lake Sugar Tree, Birch Creek, any of the other ones. Um, it's good to just get gate drops, right? Like, sure, you could be fit right outside of riding your dirt bike, but you also need to be race fit. And if you do not uh, go and get these gate drops at, you know, even the local event, right? It doesn't matter if you're going and, and waxing your class or getting beat by local legends of these, you know, of these tracks, right? Like, at least you're getting these gate drops to make sure that your race pace is still there for whenever you go to bigger events. Yeah, 100%. And I think, and I, I think you can see that trend in like the newer age motocross kids coming up through where everybody's trying to a training facility you know, and everybody's just doing their motos, putting their grind in, and these kids are unbelievable on 85s nowadays. I mean, 65s, 85s, but I believe they lose a little bit of that that uh, that competitive edge in going racing. When I grew up, I I never went to training facilities or or had a trainer or or was at one location working on it. I went racing every week, and we went here, there, here, indoor stuff, outdoor stuff you're racing different guys so you kind of you learn that race craft uh, how to how to read the race and how to let it come to you how to chase somebody down how to cut in cut out i think these kids these days are missing a little bit of that because they're so focused on you know the, those four amateur nationals and then we're just going to train the whole year but when it comes to when you get thrown into the a series like say if an amateur guy wants to come to Amsoil arena cross and always got to learn a whole new racecraft because you can't be just a crazy amount faster than somebody. We you can only go so fast in a twenty-four second lap time. Yeah, but you got to be consistent, smart, make smart moves on the first lap. And I think I think that local racing kind of helps that that race that racecraft. Yeah, and even picking your way through lap traffic, right? Because as we can see, that can be a you know a big thing of it, like you said reading the lines reading the track uh you know having your head on a swivel because you need to know what's going around going on uh around you and arena cross helps and going to these local races that people are like oh it's a night track like why would i want to go and spend my my night there where i can you know do gym workouts or something here at the house like man go and ride man nobody's gonna yep. you know nobody's gonna be mad at you for going to go ride even if you know like uh myself like i like to go to east bend and ride because it's got good dirt and i like the track and all of that right but uh i don't know if you've ever been to uh east bend i want to say you probably have huh kyle i actually i have not i've not been up there okay I've, I've seen videos and i've seen the people that go out there and they they always put on a good good event and give out a lot of prizes for the amateur guys yeah, and that's one of the one of the things that I love about uh, East Bend and Travis Rominger, who owns it. He does a lot for the kids, and that's what you know the sport needs. Yes, there's you know money that needs to be thrown out to the pros, but there would be no money thrown out to the pros if there was no local racing involved for these uh, you know these kids to go and buy these dirt bikes to go and ride right, so that the manufacturers can pay uh, you know Ken Rocks and Eli Tomac, these guys that are uh, that are on top. So, um, but it's it's yeah. go ahead. No, you, you're good. But I think uh, for us, as like even like local pro races, I 
I feel like there's just a disconnect somewhere in there that we're just, we are not hitting it for like, for me, like to go race at a local race. That's not like a bigger victory sports race and outdoor race. Man, they're like, you show up and there's like one other pro. Right. And you're like, you get five laps of racing and you're like, Oh man, you, you barely make any money. You got only five laps on the track per moto. And you're like, man, that was kind of a waste of a day. Like what the heck? Yeah. So I think there's just like that disconnect with local pro racing. And I feel like in this area that, I feel like somebody can capitalize on to kind of bring some, some excitement back for us local pros. Yeah. And that's, and I know like Jane Gammon, the victory sports, they do a great job for like the, the top gun showdown, the, the Kawasaki state championship race. And I know like sugar tree has been doing some stuff that silver Valley. So we have some, but there's a lot of dead, dead weekends that there's not stuff going on. I feel like somebody could definitely capitalize and have some, some killer local events for sure yeah absolutely and 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 hopefully with uh with this podcast yourself and um you know heavy d and and multiple others that we'll have on maybe this will uh kind of perk up the interest of uh trying to help out and maybe even uh you know sponsors to uh get on board to try and get you know like a silver valley the local national right like uh we it would have been cool to see you out there we obviously know that you know you're you have other things that are going on but uh, you know, a track like that where you have Justin Rodbell and Brandon uh, Shar come up and Freddie and uh, Preston Kilroy and all these guys. I mean, I, I I would think that amateurs would want to come out to a track like that before they go to Minio's uh, or, you know, even Loretta's or um, something like that to make sure that they get that good rut practice. And uh, it seems like a lot of people shy away from that and they want to go to the uh, not as rough and not as rutted tracks, and it's kind of unfortunate the the way that it kind of goes. Um, and so hopefully, you know, we can kind of perk that up uh, a little bit here in the near future. Absolutely, I place they kind of look like a little mini amateur national or pro national with all the ruts that were there. Oh, I mean, Kyle, have you ever been to Silver Valley? I have not. I you was hoping to. to go this year, but my four fifty, I blew it up in the middle of the summer. I didn't have it ready. Uh, well, uh, regardless of the fact, we'll make sure that, that you, uh, you know, in some way, shape, or form, get out to Silver Valley next year because you will love that place. Big jumps, obviously, yeah. right, in the ruts. I mean, it's survival of the fittest out there, Heavy D, huh? Oh, bro, like, it, it suits your style. Like, the flowy, like, catching a groove, you, I mean, yeah. you, I you love big jumps, too. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. like, super flow. Like, my favorite track, have you ever been to Pro Sport? Uh, yes, I have been there. Uh, so that's my favorite track. I don't the, like that it's a whole, around. yeah. Uh, and I, well, and it also doesn't help that I, that I have the record, uh, up there for the longest jump and almost killed myself. <laughs> but regardless of the, regardless of the fact, that's, that's my favorite track. It's a home track for me. Right. And, uh, I don't like the whole goat trail that it is. Uh, but for some reason yeah. I just have a good flow on the track. Maybe it's just a hometown track fields, whatever the case may be. But Silver Valley has now become my favorite track. I haven't rode there since like 2017, I want to say, and uh, when they did the local national uh, for that twenty thousand dollars a couple of uh, weeks ago, um, I went and and rode myself. And uh, at first, you're just so you're so almost timid because it's got a million ruts in every single corner. You don't know which one to pick, right? And then once you go out there for that second one, man, I started to find a flow, and it's got good jumps, so you have a a, a lot of time to. To, you know breathe and kind of calm yourself down a little bit it's got nice flow corners it nothing's really too sharp everything like the corners shape up really well they don't get g outs 
uh, like at some of the tracks that we see on, unfortunately, and not calling out any of the tracks, but it's just nice to have a good flow um, all the way through, all the way around the track. And yes, it gets choppy and it gets rough. And that's what, um, that's what I love. I like, I like having a challenge out there instead of it being flat and you almost having to go and kill yourself just to gain a second, uh, you know, a second right. and a half. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty badass. And I'm definitely going to try to get out there a couple of times this summer before that race in the hopes of supposed to be up there for that race if they put that event on the event on next year oh absolutely sure. and we plan to plan on making it bigger and hopefully have uh a lot more uh a lot more top uh amateurs showed up uh show up since it is a, you know a and b and and i feel like it's even good for a riders like uh me and heavy d talked about i never got put into the c class or the d class as soon as i went from 80s because on 80s i was i was not very good right i didn't really pick up my speed until i was on uh 250s and um Man, I honestly just in, enjoyed the fact of um, riding that riding that track and finding the the good flow. So ne- definitely for next year, we we definitely got to get you uh, get you up there um, before we uh, before we end up uh, um, moving on uh, from Kyle Bitterman here on the Imperative MX podcast episode number seven. Heavy D, do you have anything else for uh, for Kyle Bitterman? Oh no, you know. He's the man, and I can't wait to see him back out at the track some more. And definitely wish him all the best in uh, arena cross because I'm definitely rooting for him every weekend. That's what I like to hear. So I got one for you guys. All right. But what uh, what do you think about the old? Because I know you're a Suzuki guy. What do you think about the old K KR94 possibly on the Suzuki? Uh, so. You know, I have a TikTok channel, and I and I post stuff on there. And as soon as I got uh, my my Suzuki, uh, you know, obviously I'm gonna get obliterated by every single person uh, in the Hell comment yeah. section. And it's so funny that literally I posted uh, that Ken's uh, possibly pretty much gonna go to uh, HEP Suzuki. And there's so many people that were talking shit on the Suzuki on my TikTok for when I got my Suzuki and now it's so funny to go back and look at the same comments that they say now about (laughs) Suzuki and that they're so happy. It's like, yeah, an electric start. It doesn't matter, man. These bikes, all of these bikes are good. It doesn't matter if it, it, it's not updated since 2018, every single bike from Alex Martin to, uh, Mumphy to Preston Kilroy. When I talked to him, he said, dude, the bikes are good. Like they're fast. They're good. They have twisted doing their their uh, motor work, so you know that their their engines are good. So yeah, it, and I don't know why they get all of the hate. And now that Ken's gonna go, realistically, everybody's gonna love Suzuki, and he's gonna win on it. And it's gonna be yeah. and it's gonna be unbelievable because everybody was talking so much crap on on Suzuki, and now you know they have a top athlete, and Suzuki's gonna come to the rise again. Uh, Heavy D, same thing. Oh yeah, I agree. I mean. I'm telling you, here, here's my theory on this. Uh, I feel like this will be, this upcoming season, will be an all-time Supercross season. Can stay healthy? I'm calling him for a championship. Just because, like, man, he's, he's in tune with that Suzuki. And with him back on it, Suzuki is going to revamp that bike, and when they do, I hope they keep the Kickstarter. I hope they do. Oh my god, I hope they keep the Kickstarter. <laughs> if they come out with a button, it might help them. But now he, can, he can keep kicking, and he'll keep winning. I guarantee it. Oh, I mean, he's doing it for the for the. I, I think. 
I mean, I know that he talks that he wants to do the whole Super Motocross Championship, which is Supercross and and outdoors, but I feel like it's going to be a WSX 2023 for Ken. I mean, why not go to six or eight rounds, travel around the world, and you make a shit ton of money while doing it? Right. Yeah, it just seems like a no-brainer, especially you don't have to suffer during outdoors, you know? Yeah, and it's and it's even better. He gets to keep Red Bull. Uh, so Twisted T is not going to be on his bike. They're still going to be part of the program, uh, but they're not going to be on Ken's bike. So, um, but Red Bull will be on there. Progressive, HEP, all that good stuff. Um, but no, it's going to be interesting. What uh, what are your thoughts on it? No, I think honestly, I, I think he's, I think he does good when he's got something to prove. Just like coming back from that arm injury and. And then having the doubters saying that like he's not going to do as good on the Suzuki, I think just having that little extra motivation to prove people wrong, I think he's just going to come out swinging. And it's a great bike. I mean, he's going to have factory support, factory bonuses, um, and not saying that he's for sure on it, but it's leaning that way. And I think if he is on it, he's he's going to do great on it. Yeah, sure. and I, me and Heavy D were talking last episode. It's going to be it's going to be really good for him because he's been racing right so he's been going to yep. these different places and racing riding different bikes talking you know testing all of this stuff so he's going to know exactly what he wants and i yeah. already called him for anaheim went a one he's going to come out and win yeah because uh, he's he going to be on fire he was looking good on that red bike though man I oh like, i know i can't change it right now but he was looking good on that thing yeah because it, it was between firepower honda and um and uh hep so you not know. much longer but as you can see, uh, you know, as as you can see, we won't keep you much longer, Kyle. Uh, appreciate you uh, coming on. But as as you as you know, sometimes changing scenery helps. You know, Kyle or with uh, Eli and Jason Anderson. I mean, you saw it. You know, they had probably their best years uh, ever um, this year, and with changing teams, so it actually yeah. might be really good for Ken. Yeah, sometimes it's changing your program with even the bike. You know. You- you might think you're struggling with a certain area on this bike and you ride something else and you think it's going to be way better and it's really not. But sometimes you might find something when you, when you try something different or, you know, you might be like, ah, this is what this bike's doing better. And and you try that. Like last year with us, the past two years, we've been on the gas gas four strokes and arena cross. And honestly, we just could not get a good setup where I was comfortable turning, uh, coming off the gate. It was like, man, we, we get it good in a certain area and then we lose it in this other place. And it was good outdoors, but once you put supercross suspension on it, it felt way too rigid. And it was just like, you were just fighting it the whole time. And that's why we kind of made that, that switch back to Honda. And it can feel like, you almost feel like you're coming back home so much more comfortable. Right. Right. Cause you, you know, the bike that's under you and you, and you've known it for a long time. And, and I know you've rode Hondas, uh, you know, for, for a long time. So, Definitely having that comfortability underneath you definitely helps, especially in the mind. Um, and I feel like yeah. that's that's kind of where uh, Ken has been struggling with these past couple of years, and it, obviously it's understandable with all the injuries. So um, no, I completely understand that. And uh, Kyle, man, it's been uh, it's been great uh, having you on here, and it's always a blast to talk to you either on the gate at one of the uh, local pro races or uh, or even coming on here. So Kyle, uh, appreciate it. Good luck in the upcoming uh, upcoming rounds. Uh, Make some points, and uh, hopefully you'll come out with a with a win. Oklahoma this weekend, correct? 
No, we are off until uh, January sixth. Okay, so I I thought Oklahoma. Yeah. I thought it was three in a row, but okay. So you guys are off until uh, until January. Yeah. We have a little downtime, so we're going to be kind of regrouping, getting our race bike tested, tuned up, and and then uh, the truck and everything's going to be heading out west. And but I just wanted, to, if you don't mind, I'm gonna get a shout out to some people that are supporting. Absolutely. Yeah, but I just want to say a big thanks to the Last Impression Race Team. All those guys there, Jason, uh, Ashley, Telski, Corey, um, just everybody that's behind those guys. Can't thank them enough, even their whole family, because they all got to deal with us being gone the weekend. And then uh, my boss, Troy Chris, um, he's the one that I work for during the week, so he kind of lets me take these weekends off and certain days off to go practice and test and and then he also does my suspension, so it kind of works out hand-in-hand hand there. So big thanks to that guy right there. He's a big big part of the program. And then FXR, of course, you guys know all about those guys. You know, they're keeping me looking good and reading across. Been enjoying it. And and uh, just all the sponsors supporting our team, I can't thank everybody enough. That's awesome, Kyle. Uh, yeah, it seems like you guys got a good program over there. And, uh, man, we look forward to uh, seeing you back uh back up on the box and up uh up top here uh here soon and uh good luck in the uh in the future and man we'll be uh we'll be talking i'm sure yeah absolutely y'all y'all hit me up whenever i enjoyed it and y'all enjoy the show all right partner appreciate yeah. it see you guys later see that was kyle evoy bitterman here on the imperative mx podcast and uh man it was it was good to hear from kyle it, honestly his knowledge and he is so cool uh from you know kids and even me, right? Like uh, he always smoked me, right? But it doesn't matter. I mean, we always talk on the on the gate. And when I f- he was the first professional I brought up about the Imperative MX podcast or h- having a podcast for Imperative MX. Uh, when I saw him in Atlanta, uh, when he was doing Supercross this year, and I brought it up to him and I said, I want I want you to be the first professional, um, you know, racer that I bring on to the uh, to the podcast. So it was really cool for uh, Kyle to come through on that and. Uh, he talked to us for about 45 minutes, so that was really cool to see from a uh, you know a top uh, professional AMA Supercross uh, racer and and local legend uh, of himself uh, down there in North or in uh, South Carolina, Heavy D. Oh, absolutely, man! Kyle's a killer dude. Works hard, you know. Loves the sport, and like you said, extremely knowledgeable about it. He's been around for a while, and definitely somebody awesome to look up to, especially in the moto industry absolutely and uh we have to thank dirt industries custom graphics uh heavy d tell me a little bit about dirt industries custom graphics man so you you know you got neil neil and uh miss ashley over there at dirt industries they do an awesome job local to race right over there at dreamville mx where it is a the North ship washing warrior race this weekend matter of fact um but they do awesome work they, they do custom graphics vehicle wraps um even vehicle um trailer wraps and uh jersey ids and much more man so y'all definitely check them out their id kits are insane love the jersey id kits uh custom graphic graphics neil is uh he's the master over on the keyboard when it comes to doing some designing and they got some fresh new chrome material in uh it's uh one of a kind i don't think many other any other companies have it so if you guys haven't checked it out, you most definitely should. Uh, so check out Dirt, Dirt Industries over there. Hit them up on social media. DI uh, gra- Raps and uh, Dirt Industries Graphics. And uh, go look them up. And I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed with them. Some of the best customer service there is. Absolutely. And for over 10 years, they have designed, manufactured, and marketed it. 
uh, marketed uh, the highest quality dirt bike graphics and decals to the motocross and consumer markets. Their high quality deals uh, are considered to or uh, by many to be the best in the industry. If you would like to get your graphics looking top notch, go no further than Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. Uh, Heavy D, you you said uh, for the social media, but for their website, Dirt Industries Graphics dot com and uh you can save 10 percent by using the promo code or uh the code imperative mx no space uh and all uppercase and uh we also have to give a huge uh thank thank you to uh hydropower for being on board as well hydropowered is formulated by sports nutritionist garrett himself uh to help you get rid of arm pump and increase your endurance so you could ride safer and faster, like myself and Heavy D say, uh, I want to say every single time here on the Imperative MX podcast, we always want everybody to be safe and uh, you know ride faster while doing that. So uh, if you want to do that, make sure to go and check out uh, drinkhydropower.com to get your Blue Raz today. Um, man, that stuff is good. I got it right here, right next to me while I'm uh, on the podcast here to keep me going. And uh, man, this stuff tastes, uh, tastes very, very good. And uh, Man, are you going to Dreamville this weekend, Heavy D? Uh, I wish I could, but uh, I don't think it's looking too likely for me. I would love to get out there, man. I tell you, the, the newborn and the youngest, it's, it's going to be a little rough, but I, I mean, I hear I'd you. love to be out there. I, I'll, I'll be out there uh, for uh, for Imperative MX. I'm going to make the four-hour trip and, uh, and go down to uh, – Dreamville MX down there uh, seems like it's going to be a fun time and uh, moving right along uh, from uh, the ad reads here with Dirt Industries Custom Graphics and Hydropower can't thank them enough for being uh, on the podcast but um, man local racing schedule updates and events uh, we have the Noah Shipwash Memorial Race at Dreamville this weekend um, make sure you guys come out to that I'm going to be there Zach Heron's going to be there um, it's going to be awesome. It is round three, I believe, of the uh, Southern or the Winter Series. Uh, Heavy D, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I think it's the third. Yeah. I think it's the third round. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it's the second round. Okay, or second round. I'm sorry about that. I could be wrong, but I want to say it's the it. It round, is though. part of the um, NCMX Winter Series. Um, so, correct. Correct. So make sure uh, for. For you guys, uh, if you are around the area, to go and check out. Uh, also, uh, Rayford is only right around the corner. Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. So, um, and I know Ashley will uh, will be there. So, um, supporting Dirt Industries and Noah Shipwash and uh, also Dreamville MX. So, um, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I know Birch Creek is racing this weekend. For those uh, that can't make it out to uh, Dreamville. Uh, this weekend, so Birch Creek will have a race. I don't know of any other races, Heavy D, that's happen happening this weekend. Uh, do you? Uh, no, I don't think I do. Other than that, I mean, I think this one's a a Lone Ranger this weekend, so it should be a, a barn burner. That's for sure. Absolutely. So, uh, there's a big uh, pro purse, um, three thousand uh, dollars for the Noah Shipwash Memorial Race at Dreamville uh, this weekend. Sixty-five CCs, top five, every single. Uh, racer gets a 6D helmet, so that is going to be super cool for, uh, I think it's 65.7 to 11, if I'm not mistaken, uh, but regardless of the fact, go and check uh, check out NCMX on um, 
Facebook, Instagram. You'll get all of the uh, details that you uh, that you need there for the weekend. Um, and if any track promoters or track owners that would like to get their track or event mentioned here on the Imperative MX podcast for a weekend, email imperativemx at gmail.com so we can get your track or event uh, recognized. Um, anything else racing, uh, local racing uh, wise, Heavy D, that you wanted to uh, wanted to get into? Um. Anything? Does anything in 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 general? Um, shoot, I'm trying to think. Other than that, I think that's it. I yeah. mean, yeah, because I didn't have anything else as far as uh, topics for um, local racing, other than just the events that's going on and the racers that race down in uh, in Minios. Um, I will say, uh, going back into the Minios talk uh, for just a second, um, it's. It's cool to see, like I said in the very beginning of the podcast, that it that these riders that don't do well at Loretta's come up and show out at, um, you know, at these at minios, I guess I should say, uh, towards the end of the year to move them into, uh, you know, the the following year, two thousand and twenty three. Uh, Carson Wood, Liam Olaf, Noah Stevens, uh, Christian Janik, um, Julian Balmer. I mean, all of these kids—they showed that they that they you know can win in their respected classes. Um, and I think moving into the future, there uh, there's going to be a lot of. I think there's like five guys in each class that I watched in Minios that had a shot uh, at at winning uh, at some point. And I think the competition level is uh, is rising, and it's really really good to see. Oh, absolutely! You know, it's. I mean, it's funny that you bring that up. Because, like, you got the, of course, you got the kids that go to some of them that go to Loretta's and they don't do good, but then they go to Minio's and they show out. Like, uh, I remember several years back, who was Jared Fry? You remember Jared Fry? Yep. Oh, uh, hey, yeah, what, what's going on with him now? It's funny, speak, I honestly don't know. I know, man, he's been so quiet on social media, but, um, regardless, go ahead. His brother, his brother is a mechanic for Star Steel. Yeah, because he went to the Firepower Honda team. And then, because he was on Star, then he got dropped from Star, ended up going to Firepower Honda for one year. Was it was it this year in Supercross? And then yeah, we didn't see him in outdoors year. at all? I mean, it was, he was struggling to make main events, Heavy D. He, he was more of an outdoorsy guy than, like, a, I, I, if they would have gave him more time, but that's the only thing, man. They, uh, I understand you, you, your team. You got to win. It's business. Yeah, you know that it, it is what it is. I mean, it sucks. I, I, at the end of the day, that it sucks. That's why they're successful. But I, I just feel like, I mean, they should give these kids more time. And also, it goes back to the fact, just like the whole training, he lived the MTF his basically his whole time he rode like, right. He stayed there, and I mean, he he was fast. Don't get me wrong. Oh, absolutely. Jared was hella fast. Still right. hella fast. I, I don't know why I'm speaking like his fast tense, but it's it's just one of those deals. Like a bunch of those kids, they go there and they don't race. I just I just take it back. They didn't race enough. And like when you when you get to that level, you don't have time to like Kyle was talking about. In a sense, you don't have 
you don't have that time to start trying to learn a racecraft. Like you said, you can only go so fast and, and like a supercross on a supercross track or an arena cross track. But then that's where like your racing instincts start to come into play. And a lot of, uh, a lot of fast dudes don't have that racing instinct. Like they, they just don't like they can go out there and go fast as hell and practice and they can race and they can do good, but they don't know how to go win. Right. It's, and it, it's I hard. Think that's a, it, it is. And that's a problem. Like, that's why I feel like a lot of, a lot of guys should go race more. Like, like what I we was talking about Shane, like that year he got his TLD, right. Dude, he raced so much. He learned how to go win, even though he didn't win Loretta's, I mean, he had he had Cooper. I mean, right, and that ended up winning that year. But he was still there. It wasn't like he wasn't like he could. He was trying, like, but he just got edged out just a little bit. But he learned to race. Yeah, and I think that helped him out a lot. And some guys like that, even the pros, like you know, they a lot of them that won in amateurs, they get to the pros and they fell off because they get it's like they get out of rhythm of that. They they sit there, they test, they test, they. They train like, I mean, you could train. You just get all burnt out. Exactly, you do. Yeah. I mean, you do because of the grind. You get you because I think I think maybe a lot of these kids won't get burnt out if they just go and race instead of putting so much. I I understand the training and I, trust me, I get it and the diet and all of this other stuff. But man, let them let them go race. Let them go have fun for the day, right? Because they all say that the racing day is the easiest part. So why not let them go? You know, let them go race. Get them out of these pillows that you know they're stuffed into, and let them go and you know race some of these local races or you know whatever. You know, we we almost oh. probably beat it over the head way too many times, but it's true. I mean, you heard it straight it from is. Kyle Bitterman. All he he had no trainer. He never went to one place and stayed. All he did was race. And if you go to a local uh, track and you have never seen Kyle Bitterman ride, you would think that he was Eli Tomac. Uh-huh. Because he was he's just that fast at a, at a local level. And it's crazy to see that there are people that are faster than Kyle even out there. Because at a local level, I mean, he is he's ridiculous. So Oh, man. Yes. You see a lot of them like that. Like, I mean, not trying to go back to it, but the Silver Valley, look at how fast Rob Bell was going. It's hard. It's like, okay, it, it's mind-boggling. Like him, Preston Kilroy, like Brent, Brandon Sheriff. It's like, how can you go any faster than they're going? Absolutely. And uh, speaking on Silver Valley MX Park, uh, the local national, um, man, just a, just a good place, um, deep, rough, Big jumps like we talked about, and uh, super, uh, so glad that they are um, supporting us here on the Imperative MX Podcast episode number seven, um, answering some uh, some social media questions. Before we get into that, Heavy D, what is uh, what is one of your favorite um, tracks that you actually rode? I don't think I ever asked you that. What was one? Of, what was your favorite track that you that you rode? Camp Coger. Yeah, I only rode. I only rode that place one time. That my hands down. My only. I rode it one time. I raced. That was my first race ever. And uh, I mean, that's that's my favorite. Yeah, I'd say that's my favorite one that I rode for sure. Just because, like, that was my. Not only it was my first one, but it it made me like. Well, 
okay, let me go ahead and say this. I wrecked every corner and every bail and every roller there. Right. I probably made a total of that whole weekend. I went there of 10 laps. Mm. That was uh, Saturday pra- practice and racing Sunday. Just because it was that gnarly. But it, like, showed me how, like, gnarly the sport of motocross really is. And it, it showed how bad I really, really, really wanted to ride and get better. Because seeing, like the dudes raced that like that track i'll never forget like it was so many people there like you had the curry brothers you had steven hauser kyle peters billy wink at the time mm-hmm. uh mcswain cooper um it was so many dude and watching them i was like all right like these dudes are gnarly watching them ride sand it was insane. Matter of fact, I'll never forget that weekend. Tyler McSwain wrote for Rockstar Suzuki at the time on 85s. Yep. And Cooper pulled every hole shot, and McSwain would come back and beat him every moto like the last lap. He was just ripping that weekend on 80s. And I was like, I seen that, and I was like, dude, I want to be fast like those kids. I never got there, but mm-hmm. I was like, I want to be fast like those kids. Like, they're fucking on it. Excuse my French. Yeah, well, trust me, Heavy D, uh, from the previous episodes, I think episode number one or two. I mean, as soon as you saw the sight of B class, you said, "I'm out." Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> oh I knew. Like I said, "I'm it, out." It's like you see it at the time, and like you see kids ripping on eighty fives, but like over the years, like you, you've been there, like the the level has just gotten higher and higher and higher over the years, and it's to me, it's a, it, it's like it's a it's absurd how fast dudes are going right now. It don't make sense to me. It's in the 22 years that I've been in the sport, it has almost flipped upside down with how fast kids are. Like, don't get me wrong. There's always been fast kids, right? But it seems like it is an absurd amount nowadays. Oh. I mean, everywhere you Matter- look, there's a, there's a fast kid popping up. They're, they're like those <laughs> annoying, they're not the, not annoying, but they're like those weeds that you pull every year. You know, at the beginning of the year, so you can make the, mm-hmm. you know, the driveway or whatever the case may be, your garden, whatever, make it look good, and then they just pop right back up just a couple of weeks later, and you're like, I thought, I thought we were done, I thought we were <laughs> done, but no, there's just more that just pop out of nowhere. Matter of fact, to go back, I'm not trying to backtrack, <laughs> but speaking on the racing topic, race so much, Absher Hall is a prime example. He all he does is race local. Yep. But you see how fast that kid is. Yep, and because you ride all the time, you know that it, that instinct of everything with the motorcycle. You're in tune with the bike. You know what gate drop feeling is like. You you uh, you lose some of that um, that nervousness, that butterfly feeling, so that you know you know that you can get a good start and uh, run up there at the front. And yeah, I mean Kyle Bitterman, um, Kyle Peters, um, Luke Nice. Justin Rodbell, all of these dudes are prime examples of what we talk about with you do not have to go to a training facility to be um, you know, super, super fast on a on a dirt bike. hundred percent. Um and uh we had a question on Instagram from uh Wade Stew. Uh he says, do or he asked, do you or Heavy D think that the warrior class for veterans like myself will ever be recognized as a Loretta Lynn's class in the future. So, do you think that the Warrior class 
Or do you think there'll ever be a warrior class for veterans uh, at Loretta's for a race, Heavy D? Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give it honest. Should there be? I say yes, 100%. And God, this is going to sound bad. I don't want to sound like a dick saying this. Excuse my French. Asshole. <laughs> Excuse my French again. Yes, he's my friend again. <laughs> Man, I don't want to say it, but I, I, I try to be honest, and I want to be honest. It should be, yeah, but will the, I'm going to say no because it doesn't benefit MX Sports Pockets. The, the only thing that I could think of is that Vet MX and some of these other, um, you know, co- companies that are for the veterans are uh, – you know, popping up and helping with the veterans. And obviously they have warrior classes at these tracks, but um, at the, I guess the top of the amateur national sport, it's going to be really hard, but also at the same time, I would think that they would maybe consider it just for the fact that there are a lot of veterans that do ride and probably are in some of those plus plus classes already, um, you know, racing. And it's just another, it's, it's, it's a, it would be, really cool for let's say wade right like that doesn't ride very much but he can still go to a local amateur national doesn't matter if he finishes 36 or finishes first but he gets to experience lining up at loretta's where maybe in the c class or in the plus 30 class he won't be able to uh be able to make it because the competition's so high, but maybe in the warrior class because there's not top professionals that are in the class or guys that are, you know, super, super fast because they've been riding their entire life. Um, it gives them an opportunity. Uh so it, I wanna say I wanna say yes and yes, because I believe that yes, they need to have it, and yes, they need to have a class uh for they, at Loretta's. Now, if it is it gonna happen, I don't know. But no, I agree. I agree one hundred percent with what you're saying. I think it should be, but I just I don't think it will because, like, and there's nothing wrong with it. I feel like those because, you know, when I was at Dreamville in Rayford, Fort Bragg is right there. We had so many guys from the service start getting dirt bikes and coming out because for the it's it's a relief. They can come ride. They can free their mind. Because dude, they go through so much when they when they're out and battle or or doing whatever, like all the other stuff. It is for us to be like have our freedom over here, right? But at the end, you know, like we would give them discounts and like vet, like Betamax, they race for free. It, I feel like one hundred percent percent it should be like that, and they should have a class at Loretta's. They they need one, like to show more appreciation because they do so much for America and our country. But that's why I say, in in my honest opinion, I don't think it will happen because it's, it's not benefiting on the money side for MX. They they ain't getting anything out of it, which sounds so harsh and so shitty. And I'm not trying to sound shitty. Excuse my French again, (laughs) because it's, it costs so much to go there and race. Yeah, and everybody's paying that same fee, and I like I think on MX Sports part, I I don't know, I can't speak for them. This is just me on the outside looking in. It would look shitty for them to charge them. So, 
why not like okay we they, they can get their fix just doing the local thing and i think it's probably good enough for them there it shouldn't be like that i would love to see it but i mean and it, it, they possibly could on down the road like yeah. hell next year they probably could put a they could listen to this and put a vet mx class at loretta's just to make me eat my words if they would listen to this podcast yeah that, and they heard this yeah that that would be that would be that'd be funny like we're running the show here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no i mean uh, what you say is right um because you you almost don't want to charge them right when they come through the gate because you're like man you, you know if it wasn't for you, right, I wouldn't be able to be doing what we're doing here and racing and stuff. But I think I even Wade, I'm sure that, you know, he's a good friend of mine. I guarantee that he would still be willing to pay the money to still go and ride um, at Loretta's and do all the, uh, you know, pay for parking and, you know, all of that good stuff. Should they? No. But to ride their dirt bike and to line up at Loretta's and to say that they race Loretta's, get a bib you know and potentially get some you know podium speeches or whatever the case may be that they've never done before man i'd eat the bullet and do it and see what happens i mean i would absolutely i mean you're only good doing good nobody's ever going to tell you that you're a bad person for uh having a vet you know mx class uh for you know the biggest amateur national race and um, you know, even if you give them ten percent off or uh, or twenty five percent off their entry fee, uh, or maybe fifty percent off their entry fee for their class, and make them pay full price for their parking, regardless of the fact, you can still make a little bit of money with them, right? Like as far as a business goes, but maybe it doesn't need to be, you know, uh, myself if I were to show up to go and race, you know. Um, but I feel like it would be really good for like some of these companies, like um like fxr or something right like if fxr mm -hmm. had a rider that that won or got on the podium right like they could have an ad for you know a, a veterans day or for fourth of july or something like that uh with you know their you know that vet rider uh on the podium fxr gear i think i think it would i, I think sponsors would be with it for marketing reasons and I think that they could still make a little bit of money, uh, but I think that they would have to work through it on how it would work. Uh, but Wade, yes and yes, is it going to happen? We don't know. Pretty much. And it's kind of and it's kind of almost unfortunate, Heavy D. Oh no, it is. I agree. And it's super tragic. But uh, that's the uh, only questions that we got. Uh, for this uh, podcast episode number seven of the Imperative MX podcast. And what a phenomenal episode uh, that we had tonight. Minio's chat with uh, Daxton Bennix, um, or Dax Bennix, uh, practice bike mechanic for years. It was really cool to hear his, uh, hear his story and uh, hear all of the knowledge that he has coming from the goat farm there with uh, Dax Bennix and uh, Hayden Deegan. It was really, uh, really, really cool to see um, you know that side, and to hear it from uh, from a prof or from a you know a mechanic that's uh, still there on the day to day grind. Uh, Kyle Travis, there. Uh, we also chatted with Kyle Bitterman. Uh, a lot of local racing talk that we had with him, along with his uh, professional Amacro uh, arena cross um, you know championship chase that he's going after right now after two rounds. So it was really cool to hear um, from Kyle Bitterman himself, uh, the underdog. Evoy Bitterman. I, I still think that that's so funny, but it's cool to it was cool to hear the background on that because you know, like I said, I've known him for a very long time and I've never heard um, that story before. So it was really cool to hear. Uh, we talked about local racing, uh, the schedule, and much more. 
uh, into this jam-packed episode number seven of the Imperative MX podcast, huh, Heavy D? It was a pretty good one. Oh, yeah, it was solid, man. I always look forward to it every every week. I can't wait to get on some topics, and we have some awesome guests as well. Absolutely, and this is just the beginning on some of the guests that we'll have and uh, and more here on the Imperative MX podcast. But before we sign off, we have to give a big thank you to all of the companies who make this possible each and every week. West Virginia Motorsports and uh, Princeton, West Virginia, if you need anything for your um, – dirt bike ATV side-by-side you need a new uh, dirt bike ATV side-by-side or anything in that nature make sure to uh, find your key to fun uh, at West Virginia Motorsports FXR Kyle Bitterman killing the game with the lit kit a lot of uh, lit kit awards uh, to give out from the weekend uh, or from the week at uh, Minio's a lot of kids and a lot of racers were wearing FXR so make sure to check out FXR social media FXRRacing.com Dirt Industries Custom Graphics Heavy D Hey Dirt Industries go get the best in the game go and get the best graphics uh, in the game Dirt Industries Custom Graphics find them on social media and uh, Dirt Industries graphics.com server valley mx park the local national heavy d i don't think we need to speak anymore on uh the local national at silver valley oh no uh hey it speaks for itself that's right and uh last but not least hydropower you want to get rid of some of that arm pump and uh get a little bit more endurance out of yourself not uh don't get as fit uh, fatigue uh, throughout the race or your motos practicing gym work uh, here uh, on the imperative mx podcast sitting right next to me so make sure to go and check out hydropower and uh, heavy d that pretty much wraps it up so uh, thank you to you uh, to you people for listening on this week's episode make sure to check us out on youtube instagram tiktok uh, facebook also uh, find the imperative mx podcast on apple spotify and much much more Uh, For myself, Zach Newberry, and co-host Heavy D, we're out. We'll see you all next week. See you guys.